Welcome to Healing Around the Table. I'm your host, Tiffany Gonzalez. My philosophy is that healing happens in a million micro moments before we see big results. Conversations like these serve as a beautiful jumping off point. As a collective and as individuals, we all need healing. My hope is that you walk away feeling uplifted, inspired, or like you got a kick in the rear to get going. I want you to feel empowered to find healing in your home, relationships, business, and life so that your daily life is one you love living. Today on the podcast, I have Andrea Wardberg. Andrea is a human design guide and leadership coach. She uses human design and 25 years of business experience to help her clients work optimally, prevent burnout, and establish structures aligned with their human design. She's been exploring the magic of her own inner compass since she can remember. Myers-Briggs, Strengths Finders, Astrology, etc. Through more than 15 corporate jobs, more, working in more than 10 countries, and more than seven years of entrepreneurship. Communities are strengthened, lives are enriched, and creative solutions to huge problems are discovered when we are in alignment. Like everything, that knowing came from seeing what wasn't aligned first. In her 17 years in corporate America, she experienced and witnessed extreme burnout, adrenal fatigue, health scares, depression, anxiety, community unrest, lives ripped apart, families faced with impossible solutions, and devastating damage to land and water formations. Her faith and resilience were tested in many unpredictable ways in the process. Hello, 6-2 profile. But when she discovered human design, something just went click. It's such a powerful system for truly seeing ourselves without the conditioning that can cloud our ability to see clearly. Andrea believes we all have the potential to experience an incredible life and make a tremendous impact. What she has seen is that you, when you are living in your design, miracles happen. You can connect with her on Instagram or LinkedIn, and you can find those links in the show notes. So one question that I love to start interviews with is what lights you up in life? Because one of my favorite things, and I think one of the most healing things is when we can do more of what we love. And I think just being able to hear some of those different elements of what people are bringing to the world is just a really beautiful thing. What lights me up is seeing people have aha moments and realize that they're not broken that they are actually working as they should. They're just in a broken system. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's so much freedom that comes from that. Okay. Well, you're just like segueing right into the question I was going to ask you, which is what do you find to be really the most powerful um, part about incorporating human design into the way we approach life? Freedom. Yeah really freedom to be yourself and to know that all of the pieces of the puzzle work together. Like if you were on an Island, yeah, you'd have a problem because you don't have all the pieces, but you're not meant to, right? Like we are part of this collective and you bring your unique gifts and then everyone else brings theirs. And it's just, it's so freeing when you don't feel like you have to do it all. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's back it up a minute for uh, listeners who maybe have never heard of human design, or maybe they know just a little bit about, give us the reader's digest of what human design is. Okay. So human design is a system much like Myers-Briggs or Strengths Finders, And I'm going to talk about the difference in a minute. But it draws from ancient systems. So it's a synthesis of these ancient systems that have been around for three, 
six, 9,000 years. And it's essentially a golden thread that weaves those systems together. So if you think about the civilizations that created the I Ching in China or astrology in, you know, Mesopotamia or the Vedic chakras in there's, you know, conflicting information about where that's from, but we know most recently from India, the Kabbalah, which is from the Middle East. Each of those systems has incredible wisdom. Mm-hmm. And when you line them up in a way where you can connect the dots, all of a sudden you can see things on a much more profound level mm-hmm. because they each have like a little bit of something that the others didn't have, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so I know you're going to mention the differences, but I think for me, one of the most powerful differences Well, one of the top ones for me with human design and why it really resonates with me is I personally really do not like taking those like personality quizzes, which is what it feels like Myers-Briggs is. Let me fill out this super long quiz. And some of the things feel like I could answer three different ways. And so it, and it changes if you do it, you know, this year or you do totally. it years from now. And I love <laughs> that human design. It is based on your birth date, your birth time and your birthplace. It is. So it, it is just it's what it is. It doesn't change. Exactly. It is immovable. And I have yet to talk to anyone who has looked up their human design, read a little bit about it and not said, Oh my goodness, like that fits. That is yeah. me. And so it, it doesn't feel constrictive. And I said this to you before, right. In a conversation we've had in the past is that human design, I feel like almost feels like rest um, yes. because it's, it's like getting support and confirmation for certain ways that you process things or handle things. And then also on the flip side of that, um, it helps you to better navigate knowing your baseline when things are a little more challenging or some of the things you've been struggling with. Yes. Yes. So human design takes into account your conscious and your unconscious. All those other systems that use the surveys, they are purely conscious. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit more in depth. And the other thing that it does is it helps you understand how to navigate your energy and how your energy is meant to work. There's so much misinformation out there because if you think about like how you manage your energy directly connects with your sovereignty. Mm-hmm. And so in order to manage other people's energy, you kind of had to displace it mm-hmm. for many hundreds of years, mm-hmm. right? Thousands of years. So it's a process where we can reclaim that energy and allow the systems to reorganize around us so that we can be supported and being in alignment with our energy. Mm -hmm. So I have a funny story to share that happened earlier this week. And my mom and I were talking and we were talking about, I don't even remember what about doing a bunch of stuff. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, like that's too much or something. And, you know, she said something to the effect of, the, like, I don't have a really like big capacity to just do, 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 you know, and historically, like I might've been offended by that. Cause like I get a lot done. I'm very productive. I'm highly motivated. I'm very organized. And instead I'm like, because I'm a manifester in human design. And part of that is that your energy comes in spurts. And so it's been so kind of relieving and just nice to be able to recognize that. And when she said that it was like, oh, well, yeah, because my energy comes in spurts. I am not a generator right? I am someone who does, and then I need to rest and then I'll do, and then I need to rest. So yeah, I am not a go, go, go person and that's okay. Um, but instead of comparing it to someone else 
who is that way, all of a sudden it becomes this different perspective because it's just not who I am and it's not how my energy operates best. And I think the energy piece is probably one of the most honoring when you figure out your type to be able to start to understand how your energy flows and to be able to find ways to honor that in the same way we do, like when we look at, um, you know, cyclical planning with our menstrual cycle or things like that, right? Being able to, even in small ways, whatever ways we can start to honor our energy and the way that it operates best, it just releases a lot of tension. It releases a lot of tension and it allows space for some compassion because we know in our head that we're all unique and yet we're in this toxic environment that wants to homogenize us all. Mm -hmm. And it exists because there was a time when that was needed and now it's time to move out of it. And human design is a fantastic tool to help us with that transition. Well, and I think, I mean, human nature is just to categorize things. And Mm -hmm. so I love the ability then to start to shift some of the ways we're looking at the categories with human design and some of the different elements of that. And it focuses so much more on how you connect with the rest of the world instead of like you are a leader or you are a follower, you know, it's really like, (laughs) this is the way when you're leading people, this is the kind of information as a projector that you bring forth. This is the kind of information, you know, or the kind of leading you're doing as a manifester. And so it's not like there are leaders and followers, which it sometimes feels like in some of these others there are, it's about how can you thrive in your environment the most and where And how do you lead people well? Because any type can be a leader. And I think that's the the beauty of it. It's not constricting or limiting. Like these are the jobs you should do if you're this type of person. Exactly. And everybody has wisdom to bring to the situation. Mm -hmm. Even if you aren't the leader in that particular group, you still have wisdom. You still Mm -hmm. have contribution. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you're looking at someone's chart, um, so for those of you, again, who have not done your human design chart, aren't this is new to you, you can look up your chart for free. What's a good place to do that, Andrea? Jovianarchive.com okay. is a great one. Yeah. Perfect. Even so you if can you go, just Google human design chart. Yeah, it's J-O-V-I-A-N archive.com. I mean, you can look up your chart for free, but when you do, so there's way more to it than just the type that you are, um, which just the type alone is hugely informative um, when you start to lean into what those mean. But there's this whole chart of all of these different channels and like pathways and centers that are open and closed. So what are some of the biggest elements of a chart or the most common ones you think that are really powerful for, for people to look into and get to know more about when they're starting their journey into human design? So the biggest elements, and I talk about this in Better Human which is my three-day mini course. And I will give you a code for your listers to get that for free. Awesome. Um, So the foundational elements are know know your type and then know your signature, which is the feeling that you have when you're in alignment, your strategy and your authority. Okay. Those are really the foundational elements to be able to begin your experiment. You don't really need to know anything else in the beginning. You just need to know okay, I'm a manifester. My strategy is to inform, mm-hmm. which takes a whole lot of deconditioning to be able to embody. Okay. We can talk about projector next because that was like a total like mm-hmm. mind blowing moment. Mm-hmm. And so you start to look at, okay, this is how I need to embody my strategy. And then how do I know what decision is correct for me? That's mm-hmm. your inner authority. Mm-hmm. And so when you're following your strategy, 
and you're following your inner authority, you will feel more of your signature. Mm -hmm. So for you, that's peace. Mm -hmm. And if you are not following your strategy or you're not following your authority, you will feel anger. Mm -hmm. And so those types are different from each, what do you call them? Category? Each energy type. Each mm -hmm. energy type. And so, yeah. yeah, super interesting for me. One of the things that I, I found very like, oh my gosh, it just feels so true and validating in the beginning was um, I'm an emotional authority. And so that means, right, that I have to kind of ride the emotional wave of something, the ups, the downs, the good, the bad, and then I settle in the middle. And that is just literally how I have always processed through things, right? Like I have to look at everything good about it, be excited, but then I have to look at everything that could go wrong and then yep. I need to sleep on it. Like we would yep. go to buy a car <laughs> and my husband would be like, yeah, let's get it. Like, I really like it. And I'm, and I look, I remember looking at him and going, I really like it. I'm 99% sure we're going to buy it, but like, let's go home. I want to sleep on it. And he's like, well, what if somebody buys it? And I'm like, then someone buys it. Yep. And it's not meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> but I love being that. Being able to get the validation that like, oh yeah, that's exactly, that's in line with who I am. It's not a problem. It's not something yeah. I need to fix. And I think yes. that sometimes is the thing about human design that is so powerful is that there are elements of our personality or the way we interact with the world we think we need to fix. And when you can instead recognize it as a natural way of being, you can kind of shift some of the ways you interact that maybe you've created toxic patterns around it or toxic beliefs yes. around it. And you can release some of those things and have it be a healthier interaction. 100%, 100%. And not just for you, but for those that are in your life, right? Amen. Yeah. <laughs> maybe like almost more for those that we're interacting with than for ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Cause we're already doing, well, especially it. for you as a Manny, yeah. <laughs> you're already initiating everyone. Like, uh, yeah. And you know, like, I mean, I feel for, you know, it's, I'm a manifester. I am also a Leo. I was born in the year of the dragon. So like, we've got all the big energy over here. So yes. the more I have learned to rest in it, settle in it. And it's not even about toning it down. It's just about reaching maturity in it and a comfortability in it. It has just been a gift for me, but definitely also for my family. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and human and has been a great asset to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also an ability for you to see them and to allow them to be in their fullest expression, right? Yes. My husband is a projector. So I started looking all of this up when I was doing Kate Northrop's Origin Mastermind at the first retreat. About three or four of the women in it were like talking about human design. What are you? And, da, 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 da. and you know, I had never even heard of it. And I am not a personality quiz taker. I'm not that into like, you know, I've done all the things. Not all of them, but some of them, but I don't enjoy that. I just, it feels very prescriptive and boring <laughs> to me. I'm like trying to scroll to the end. And so, but while we were there, In I true Manny up. style. <laughs> yes. While we were there, I looked it up and one of the women there, Maura, um, kind of gave me the rundown because she also is a manifester and it was just such a cool shift. So then when I got home, I looked up Nate and he's a projector and it was just like, like that. Yeah. I mean, it suits him to a T the way that he teaches and leads and cares so much about that. But then also that element about as a projector needing to wait for an invitation energetically or literally and seeing the areas that that wasn't happening for him and where it was creating stress for him yeah. was such a, I think for him and for me, it was kind of relieving to recognize like, oh yeah, because this is not in alignment with who you are. Like this is no longer an energetic match. Yes. And then things, you know, like shifted, I mean, it didn't shift immediately, but it took time, but, but shifted. And now he's like in an environment where there's such an energetic invitation and like appreciation for what he's bringing forth. And it was 
really beautiful to be able to watch that like weight lifted of, of, of really now like being more in, in his element in that way. And just that like one piece of identification that truly came from recognizing human design. It, it let us put like words to and an actual identity to what the issue was or what the, the discrepancy that's amazing. was. Yeah, that's amazing because so projectors are the newest type. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, I didn't know that. No. Yeah. Projectors have only been around since I think it's like 1180. There was a massive split and that's when oh, so they're not like the spleen and the solar plexus. Well, the newest. I mean, when you look at like hundreds yes. of thousands of years of yes. generators and manifestors, right? Mm-hmm. We're the newest. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times people don't know what to do with us mm-hmm. because we can see so deeply into people. It can feel yes. really invasive. Mm-hmm. And that's why the invitation is so important because mm-hmm. Without that invitation, you can actually wear yourself out and also mm-hmm. potentially do harm, right? If they're not ready for the awareness that you're bringing. Right. And so no, noticing those areas where that wisdom is recognized mm-hmm. and making sure that it's in alignment with mm-hmm. your authority. That yeah. Yes, this is a space I want to be in. Is just, it's so freeing. Also, I don't know, I'd be curious to talk to Nate about this, but and I'm sure as a man, you've experienced this where like, for those of us that are nannies and projectors, we are for some people and we are not for others. Mm-hmm. And as a kid with, you know, completely an undefined heart, undefined solar plexus, like just a lover of all people, yeah. right? there were just some people who were not only unkind, but downright cruel Yeah, and I would just take that in so mm-hmm. deeply, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm sure Nate has probably had to go through the same process of just like really shedding. He would definitely identify as a recover, recovering uh, or recovered people pleaser. Yeah. Yeah. It really used to care what everyone thought yeah. beyond. And that mattered in a lot of cases, like more than how it actually felt for him or what his experience was. And that was something that shifted when we were first together, I remember being early on in our relationship and telling him like, it's okay to say no, like to your roommates or to whoever, like, if you don't want to do something, it's okay to say no, even to me. Right. I don't want you to say that you want something or that you want to do something. If that isn't true for you, like mm. you don't need to be anything for anybody. Mm. And man, that makes me tear up a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, it just was this this, this thing of, of, of getting into this a little bit, I think of this conditional dynamic that like acceptance and positive interactions were tied into whether or not you're engaging in, in a dynamic, the way that the group wants you to right, or the way that a particular person wants you to. And for me, it's been the opposite always. So like this came up when I did a blueprint with Aaron Claire Jones about, you know, one piece about a manifestor is like a lot of times you feel like you're a little bit on the outside. And for me, I have always like, I love to be a part of like a close friend group. I, but I also have never been willing to sacrifice myself and what is Mm. true for me in order to be a part of the group. And so in a lot of cases, like real talk for me, like that has left me feeling on the outside or a little bit lonely or not as a part of things in years past in my life, because it felt like, okay, well, if I want to be a part of the group, as much as everyone else is a part of the group, then I have to sacrifice what's true for me. And, and at the end of the day, as much as I may have wanted it, it, it never overshadowed what I knew was true. And honestly, even if you could, even if you could sacrifice yourself, you would just be angry. Yeah. 
because you're not, you're not able, if you are being influenced by others, Mm -hmm. you're not able to bring in those unique ideas that you are here to bring in. So the aura actually functions as a part of the whole, like Mm -hmm. it supports the mission. Yeah. And the mission for a Manny is to bring in new ideas to initiate. Mm -hmm. And so if you were able to mold yourself, Mm -hmm. then you would be too influenced to be able to initiate. And Mm -hmm. that's where so much friction comes up for nannies. Yeah. And so that was really healing for me when I did the origin mastermind because Mm -hmm. to be in the room with seven other women and then Kate, who are all like highly successful and have these big businesses and are doing the things and don't need me to be any particular way. And like the group came together, right. As all of us just being exactly who we were and exactly where we were. And that was such a beautiful experience for me because I did not have that historically. Right. I think we all have a lot of negative experiences we could pull up from, you know, female relationships growing up those teenage years and all of that. And there is healing that has to happen in those. And then also just being able to let yourself show up in a different dynamic and in a different paradigm and experience that like, yes, you can be in close female relationship without muting yourself or without shifting yourself. And that has just been really healing for me on a lot of levels because right. As a manifester, going back to what you'd said, like, yeah, you're not for everybody and you like some people and you don't like others. So for Nate, you know, that was for a long time, he wanted everybody to like him. Yeah. No matter what. And I mean, to this day, I always joke, like he's the one everybody loves because Nate is just like so (laughs) nice and he genuinely loves people. Right. Yeah. Like he is a people person. He is an extrovert and I am like an extroverted introvert. And so like, (laughs) I love my people like to the core, right. If you are in my circle, like I show up for you, I am loyal. I am like, I am a great hype friend. Like I love my people and I can love the idea of people, but I have limitations (laughs) of like what my capacity is to take in everybody's stuff just because it feels like it takes a lot more out of me than it does like for him. And it truly does because your profile is a four, six yeah, and fours love their people. Mm -hmm. And it's, it can often seem like aloof or standoffish to people who are not their people. Mm -hmm. And it's not personal. Mm-hmm. It's just, those are not your people. And as a four, six, the six, and we're both in the second phase now. So yes, the six <laughs> lives its life in three phases. And in the second phase, you go up on the roof to heal. Mm-hmm. And so when you think oh, of, I feel that. of a four, six, it's like, you're not going to come down from the roof for just anyone. Mm-hmm. And that is because you need to heal and you'll come down for the roof all day, every day for Nate or for your kids Mm -hmm. or for the people who are in your tight circle, right? But you need that distance to be able to fulfill your role, which is finding the objective truth. Mm -hmm. That is the role of the six. So profile is another piece of human design that once you start to master strategy, authority, signature, it's fun to dip into profile because then you start to see the archetypes and how your work is being used and, um, just more, you know, details around how, what makes you, you like, Mm -hmm. it's the closest thing to personality within. And like with the four, for instance, like, I think it's so interesting because right with the four, then a lot of your like growth in business even comes from your network. 
And that mm-hmm. has always been true for me. And so it's interesting to then see that reflected. And then you lean more into that. So it's very helpful yes. because you know what to lean into instead of pushing uphill of like, oh, I should be trying to do this way. You can recognize what is working for you. Um, And even to the piece of, yeah, like I, if you don't know me, it usually comes as a surprise to people who do know me. But if you don't know me and like you were to come across me in a big room, like I'm pretty shy. Like I mostly probably would try not to talk to people and I'm just like keeping to myself, but put me in a room of people I know. And I'm like pretty loud and I have a lot to say. Lit up. Yeah. Yes. And <laughs> lit up. In That's the a best way. way to say. Yeah. <laughs> and so like being able to recognize where you can put yourself in positions to be the most successful with the most ease because you can recognize like, oh, okay. Network. That is where a lot of it comes from for me. And also like, this is the way that that works best. It's really impactful. Yeah. And again, it gets back to that freedom of just like, I think there's so much pressure, especially as women to nurture everybody. Mm. And that is going to throw you out. That is going to throw you out of alignment and you're going to be pissed. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes we swing to the other side of like trying to nurture no one because we feel like, oh, we've done it. And, And really like neither of those is the healthy Absolutely. Right. It's that middle path of finding what works for you and honoring your energy without waiting till you get to the point of like being totally burnt out that you can't support anyone, including yourself. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. 100%. And I think that's the biggest reason why human design has been a game changer in my career, because I have had this path of coaching people all along. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, you know, did all the things you're supposed to do, graduated high school, went to Georgia Tech, became an engineer, got hired into the leadership program in GE, did the leadership program, graduated early, went into Six Sigma, graduated early. Like, you know, I was on that, I'm a six two. So every, you know, it's like this role model, whatever situation. And when got my MBA, that was fantastic. And that was like, okay, I've done all the things. Like now I'm just supposed to keep taking on more responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so I took on more and more responsibility, but always, I was always coaching. Like Mm -hmm. even when I was in leadership program, I was coaching the people that were the year behind me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've always been guiding people. Just they come to me and ask Mm -hmm. me questions. I don't ask them to ask Mm -hmm. me questions. Yeah. And when I left corporate, I was kind of faced with this situation of like, if I stay, I'm not in integrity because I just cannot put my energy behind what's happening here. And literally 12 months later, there were massive layoffs and all of these, you know, Sarbanes-Oxley non-compliance and just like massive issues. Isn't and- it incredible when you get to see the uh, confirmation of your intuition? Like a lot of times we don't necessarily yes. get to see it so directly. And then when you do, it's like, Oh my gosh, I feel so good about that. Yeah. It's like revalidation really all over good. again. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it's so interesting because people are like, Oh, like, how did you figure out like all these things are possible when you're in alignment? I'm like, because I spent 17 years seeing the extremes, like mm-hmm. 90% of what I saw was what happens when you're not in alignment. Yeah. And then I would see these glimmers of like, wow, okay, magic really is possible in these spaces. And then I was, you know, running a boutique management firm Mm -hmm. because I left corporate and was like, Oh, I meant to coach people on business. I meant to help people with their business. Where we always start, right. Thinking that we've been doing people on business. Yeah. (laughs) 
which I still do. Yeah, it's important. It's a part of our experience, but yes. there's so much more. It's not the whole picture. No. And so much of what happens in business is dictated by what's happening outside of business. Amen. That is like the whole thing about, right? Like coaching and whole, uh, as a holistic entrepreneurship coach, because it's, it's not one thing. Like I, you can't separate it and you shouldn't separate it. And the more we look to integrate it intentionally, the more powerful the experience for female entrepreneurs is going to be. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I love Jenna Kutcher has a book coming out, I think next week or something about her experience and same, same thing, right. She's starting to talk about, and I've seen like Amy Porterfield start to talk about more these people who are so like business, 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 strategy, strategy, strategy are now opening the conversation around what it actually means to be happy and like what it actually means to find what balance looks like for you. And I'm just so grateful to see that making its way to the forefront more and more, because that is what we really need to be looking at. It doesn't matter if your business is six figures or seven figures, or you're barely making it if you're killing yourself doing it. 100%. The doors to my newest program, The Rich Marriage, are open now for a limited time. If you're a female entrepreneur who's married, then this program is for you. Imagine if you knew you could talk with your husband openly and receive the support you desire. You had a plan and structure to get back to a good place with your husband when you do fight without a major meltdown to get there. Your encouragement, ideas, and requests were heard and acknowledged without a defensive response. And your friendships and other relationships were also thriving. These are the kinds of things you can experience in the rich marriage and the different elements that we're going to be working through. If you're interested to learn more, head to www.coachwithtiff.com slash the rich marriage. And just for being a listener of the podcast, enter code pod 500 P O D 500, and you'll save $500 on the program. I hope to see you inside. So how did you end up building a business around human design? Like what did that look like um, when you first created it? How has it kind of developed into what it is now? So I had a Callie moment, I like to call it. So I don't know if you know who Callie is, but she's the goddess of destruction. Okay. And I basically looked at this business I had built, which was a boutique management firm. Mm -hmm. And I was managing six different businesses as a projector. That's like Mm -hmm. not a good idea. (laughs) And for some reason, this is part of, I'm sure it's in my chart. I cannot start something new until I destroy the old. It is just part of my life path. Yeah. And I was trying to start up a coaching business alongside the firm and it just, it wasn't going. And I'm sure it has to do with the fact that I have an undefined sequel. I have no motors in my chart. So you have two motors all manifestors have at least one motor, Okay. which even though you have an undefined sacral and you need rest, you have something to get going. Right. Mm -hmm. And so for you, it's that emotional center and your root center, just Mm. like you've got pressure that lights up your emotional center. And you're just like, okay, we could do this. Right. When you get those spurts, it's like, yeah, you can do it. I do not get spurts. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So 
much like Nate, I was, you know, wanting to keep everybody happy. And as you know, with the undefined sequel, we're super efficient. So I could manage all of these things, but it wasn't lighting me up. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to get this coaching business up and running doing business coaching. And it was just not going. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't going. And I just remember talking to my husband about it and I had found human design, but I hadn't really like found the teachers Mm -hmm. and I through Instagram found a friend of mine mentioned her human design type. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. And she tagged her teacher. And I went to that person's site and I was like, what? Like there's human design on Instagram. This is amazing. And I originally dove in deeply to figure out what the heck was going on with this transition I was trying to navigate. And I was very close to another like extreme burnout. Like Mm -hmm. I could feel it coming. Yeah. And I didn't want that to happen. I was also the breadwinner in our household. So I felt a lot of pressure. Yeah. And all of that is just really like a recipe for burning yourself into the ground. Mm -hmm. And so I was going deep into human design to really support my energy and figure out, okay, how can I navigate this differently? And of course, like pulling all of my clients charts and, you know, I had a couple of business coaching clients come on and just started sharing with them what I was doing. And my profile is a six, two. And as a two, we really have to have our gifts called out of us. Yes. And so people started seeking out human design for me Mm -hmm. and I was so lit up by it. And that recognition as a projector, like was really life. And so I had this like awareness that if I want to work in deconstructing these toxic systems that we've been talking about, this is a lane where I can do that with women who are changing the world. Like if I can support more women leaders and knowing themselves and feeling that freedom, they are not only going to be able to share that with their partners, they're going to share that with their kids, they're going to share that with their communities, and it's just going to ripple out. Absolutely. Because that's how we're wired. And so in typical six fashion, I kind of had to do some experimentation and make sure, okay, do I really want this? And then I just went all in and was like, okay, I'm burning the boats. This is what I'm doing. (laughs) And it's been amazing. Like it's so life-giving to see women who are in burnout or like sustaining themselves barely on the brink of burnout, just come back to life and come back online and be able to see their brilliance in a different way. It mm-hmm. just reminds me that there is a way out of this mess. Absolutely. And so I want to circle back to something you mentioned because, right, we are not doing this ever in a contained box, right? So we are married, um, you know, we are mothers, we have our work. And so when we make these big shifts in work, right, obviously that's a whole buy-in that has to happen in your home. And you mentioned, one of the things you mentioned was that you were the major breadwinner. And so that was a big stress. And for me, that was also a, you know, sometimes a tension that I felt uh, in the past, in years past when that was true. And it was 
but it was something always that Nate was like, if you don't want to do this anymore, quit it, shut it down. Like we will figure it out. We will make it work. Like you don't need to do it. You don't want to do it. Go work for somebody, go work at Starbucks. Like I just want you to be happy because there were times early in business and there were like burnout moments later on where I, you know, I just said like, I just want to go some to work for someone where I could just go on vacation and like be done and not be managing other people's stuff and just, but always the pressure came from within. It was never Absolutely. external, um, which has just been an interesting shift to finally allow myself more of that grace and space that he has allowed me always. And so what was the experience like for you um, with your husband in navigating this, you know, burning the bridges and diving in on something new? Because that's a huge um, shift. Yeah, very much like Nate. He is a champion. Like he's also a projector. And he saw what it was doing to me. And, you know, it's been a process very similar to Nate of like, for him, seeing where his gifts are recognized and Mm -hmm. leaning into where his gifts are recognized. And he's going through that evolution as well. Um, So being able to just lean into that support of like, I know it's going to work out. And it just so happened that all of this coincided with everything that was happening with COVID. It just really was like, what are we even doing if Mm -hmm. we're not following Mm -hmm. what we're here to bring to Mm -hmm. the world? Mm -hmm. Like, what are we even doing? There's mass destruction all around us. And you have an opportunity to light up one other person versus, you know, burning yourself into the ground and not really lighting up anyone. Mm -hmm. Like the choice was almost like it wasn't even a choice. (laughs) Yeah. That's beautiful. I, I laugh because, you know, when everything slowed down and, you know, people were starting to look at what are their priorities as, you know, COVID sort of really opened people's eyes to looking at the choices they were making and the habits they had. I had to laugh because I remember thinking, and now I look back and I think, well, in true manifestor fashion, I was like, this is, I don't need this because we already did this. Cause you know what, you know, how many months, six months before we had moved across the state to slow down our pace and like clear out some space and really focus on what mattered and prioritize. And I'm like, I'm already there. We're already doing this. I don't, I don't need this extra space, but thank you. Like, <laughs> like well, you didn't, but the rest of the yeah. world did. So <laughs> it was just funny timing. Cause I'm like, we had literally just followed that, you know, that, that intuition and that call yeah, to that nice. create more space just six months before. And it was, it was interesting to then watch it obviously then occur on this, global what level. Um, and of course, how that shifted so many women into more women into entrepreneurship. Um, but I would say also more women into starting to recognize and value the conversation. And I think that's starting why we're in part hearing, I would just conjecture from people like Amy Porterfield and Jenna Kutcher about totally how this holistic approach to entrepreneurship matters. It is no longer so easy to just look at what what is the work we're doing. It's like, how does it feel to do it? And how can we make it so good because we entered into entrepreneurship for the freedom, the flexibility, and ultimately for that to feel good, right? Like that's, we want freedom so we could feel trapped by our own, you know, standards and our own making. We didn't want it so that we could be flexible just to other people's schedules and still be, you know, a slave to our own. And so the opportunity for this conversation to really be at the forefront, I just am really lit up by. And then I think, of course, it filters into like, how does that look at home? Not just for us in our business and in our marriages, but 
how does that look as a parent? Um, and so you have two little boys also. And so yes. how does human design show up in how you parent? Oh my gosh. It's, it's a game changer. I mean, so I have two manifesting generator boys. Okay. One is a five, two, and the other one is a one, three. The baby is the one, three. So, you know, he's only seven months. We're still like getting to experience his brilliance. But ever since Arthur, my three-year-old could express himself, he has always been all about the people. Like in typical five, need to universalize, like literally wanted to sit on the porch and wave hi to everybody who walks by. Mm -hmm. We go into a restaurant. He has to wave at everybody. His first words were hi and bye. Uh Like he's just like through and through people person. And is that what the five is? Cause I think Nate's a three mm-hmm. five. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. That's very, yeah. Yes. That checks. <laughs> <laughs> and as an MG, he has always been busy. Like since he was a baby, he had to be holding something, playing with something to eat. Mm-hmm. Like he's always got to be doing at least two things at mm-hmm. the same time. He literally will take like a guitar and a drum and play them at the same time. I'm like, you cannot get more manifesting generator than this Mm -hmm. in this moment, you know? And so kind of like matching up timelines when I was going through that deep dive on myself, Mm -hmm. he was not even one year old yet. And so I was starting to see these things that just made so much sense. Like mm-hmm. you're going to die laughing when one of the things they say about generators and MGs is if they don't get all their energy out, they can't sleep well. Uh-huh. And he on his own, this is totally self yeah. directed when he was probably about, I don't know, maybe 13, 14 months started running up and down the hallway at night when it was bedtime. Like we would change his diaper, mm-hmm. put his pajamas on, and all of a sudden it was Paralympic time. Isn't he would literally crazy? run and like, jump on my bed and then run all the way down the hall, jump mm-hmm. on his bed, run. I mean, he would do it like six or seven times mm-hmm. and then he knew he was done yes. and we would crawl in bed and he would pass out so fast. I just think it's so interesting the ways uh, and where I feel like, you know, we talk about oh, kids are resilient and I'm like, yes, that's true, but they actually absorb everything. And then it appears later as trauma. Yes. So <laughs> Like, let's also be very conscientious about it and not like just (laughs) fine. And so, you know, I mean, I think that there's so much intentionality that has to go into parenting. And I love this idea that and the conversation around being able to recognize like kids are so intuitively like they know what they need innately. They know. And also you see, right, as they're growing and they're testing boundaries and those things come out and you need to help hold space for boundaries there so they can feel safe. And it's this like little dance we do, Of but you constantly have to be on the lookout, I feel like, as a parent. Like, hey, is this a part of their personality or a part of who they are coming through that I need to find ways to honor and incorporate? Is this something that like they're trying to test and is really kind of an unhealthy dynamic that's being created that I need to help kind of shift and, and recalibrate. And and so yes. it's hard to always know the answer to those, but you know, right. Because you could easily with that say, Oh, you know what? Like he's being too crazy. I don't want him to run around totally break something, but instead you were able to recognize. And I think just being really rooted in who we are and taking rest for ourselves and being rooted in our intuition, it helps you to discern those 
things as a parent and which is which, because it's that mixture of like, they know what to do and how to help self-regulate their own bodies, even as small children. And that's so beautiful. It's amazing. And they're also being subjected to the same conditioning that we are. Right. And Mm -hmm. so he has an open crown and an open Ajna. And I have noticed that he is super easily conditioned in rules or how something needs to be done, like the way to think about something. And so I'm always trying to like loosen the language a little bit, you know, just because he just, he takes that in as like written in stone. Like, yeah, he just takes it in so deeply. And I think, you know, human design has helped me just connect with him in a way that allows him to be on this exploration. And I'm, I'm not talking about these things with him, but I have the awareness. Mm -hmm. So if he comes in with like a hard, fast, no, mommy, we can't do that. You know, I'll give you an example. We lived in San Diego up until last summer. Mm -hmm. We moved from San Diego partially because it was very hard to find a place that had some green space and wasn't like on a busy street Mm -hmm. that, you know, could give us the lifestyle that we were looking for. So we moved to Atlanta and we have, you know, grass around us and trees around us. And it's been really helpful just having Mm -hmm. access to land. And in San Diego, he was only allowed to ride his scooter on the sidewalk because Mm -hmm. there were busy streets everywhere. It was super dangerous, high traffic area. So we move here and we're on this, you know, dead end street and he could ride in the street, but he wouldn't literally for over a year. Oh, he's mm-hmm. only started riding in the street, maybe in the last month or two. Oh, yeah. So it's just that kind of like, he takes things in really deeply and yeah, just knowing like me reminding him and showing him other kids riding in the street, that kind of thing is going to help loosen up that idea that he took in, but he just took it in really deeply. And so also letting him have the safety of that for as long as he needs it. Yeah. You know, and, and I don't know how this relates to his type necessarily, because I haven't done a bunch of digging into the boys' charts, although both my boys are projectors and my oldest is, is it a mental projector? When they, yeah, yeah, that's when they have nothing below the throat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I believe that's what he is, I think. And so but, you know, really early on, so he started walking uh, like a tiny bit at like 10 months, right? But he would just take like a step here or there. And so we thought, oh, he'll be an early walker. And this is where his personality began to shine through and very early on. And <laughs> no, he would like stand up and he would dance. Like the, the dude had the ability and the core strength to literally stand up, pull himself up from like not holding on to anything and just dance. But then it'd be like, oh, are you going to take a step? And he would look at me and he would shake his head and smile and sit down. And so he's going to, you know, going to um, preschool at the time. And he and one other little girl who was a month older than him, you know, as, as it all progresses are like the only two who are not walking, walking, right. They'll walk around things, but they won't do it. And then we go to uh, my mom and I took him on a trip to Palm Springs and it was like, he just had enough. And so he just decided that he was going to do it. And so he just started running basically, but his personality to date, right. Remains 
it seems like this idea of he waits to do something publicly until he can do it really well. And there's this like self-consciousness about being the best. And I mean, I know in part he comes by that naturally. And so I'm trying to curb that in him. And like, we talk a lot about like the value of mistakes or failure or like, and also like making things not a big deal. But it was so interesting to see it manifest so early on that like, I'm going to not really do this for anyone until I can do it really well. And the same, like with reading, it was, he started to read probably a year and a half ago and he will be six in about a month. And, but like, didn't really want to do it that much, but would like, you know, look at books by himself. And now that he feels much more confident, then he's happy to do it. And, but this idea of trying in front of people has been, he he just, he loves to show up and, and do it well. And so it's so interesting. That's amazing. And now is this the three five? I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head what, what his, what his numbers are. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That'd be super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, he is, he is super sensitive to whatever emotion or whatever reaction or as a projector, naturally, he's just, Mm -hmm. he's feeling all of that. So he's finding a way to moderate what he can handle as far as that reaction goes. And it's incredible because to watch how different the boys are and they're both projectors, right? There's ways they're the same, but they're also very different. And so it's really then mm-hmm. going to be interesting, I think, to look into their charts further and see where it's where they're different um, and how those kind of play into some of those pieces. But yeah, I mean, as a parent, right, it's the thing like we love the school that my son goes to. Like it's a really amazing community. He had a really great year. And also I always sort of think about, well, maybe I want to homeschool him. Because mm. A, he's, I mean, he's really, really bright. And so I love being able to explore things with him and have him be able to like continue learning about something he loves. Um, mm-hmm. And that it just doesn't, the capacity for that when you're, you know, teaching 16 yeah. kids, like that's just yeah. the nature of, of what's available. But the other piece is that like, I just, he has the best heart and I just, mm-hmm. m- my protective mom comes in of, you know, like just wanting to be able to like nurture that and protect that a little bit longer until he is a little bit more solid in who he is and in where he stands, not affected by, you know, everyone else and what anyone might say, because people like make offhanded comments, kids, adults, whatever, with no thought or consideration for how it's affecting someone and no intention for it to be something really negative. But how often do we hear then someone say, well, in high school, you know, my guidance counselor once said this one sentence to me and I carried it with me for 10 years, you know, and that kind of stuff, just like it it is rooted in my mind. And I always think about it. Yeah. Well, and I think you're tuned into the fact that they are both super sensitive, Mm -hmm. right. And they're going to take in those things more deeply than others, than, Mm -hmm. you know, than a generator or a manifester would. And I also know you'll know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You'll know. It's it's on my, like, it's on my plan for the future. And I'm like, but not, not this year. I don't think I have the bandwidth, but it is definitely (laughs) something I want to do because I also, for other reasons, like I want to be able to explore around and be able to not be tied to a school schedule. Um, Mm -hmm really holds a lot yeah. of deal for me. I grew up, I mean, I went to traditional schooling, but I also grew up in an entrepreneurial family. And so mm. um, I know the benefits of that and being able to really capitalize on the benefits of that, I think is a really unique opportunity. Um, and I know homeschooling is not for everyone and I don't think it should be for everyone, right? That's why we have options. But I also think it's just such a different world than it used to be. I mean, people used to consider homeschooling as a really limited because access was so much yeah. more insular. Yeah, it's really kind of like wide open now. So 
it's a, it's a tangent a little bit, but it's something I think about with the boys in part because of how, how they respond and absorb. And you think you're just sending them off to like, not know what's going on for six and a half hours a day. And yes, you have no idea what's going on. And so we're making the best decision we can by putting them in the be- what we think is the best environment, but nonetheless, um, you can't necessarily even know everything that's happening or being said um, to talk through and be able to like process it with them. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And I find, I mean, at least for, for me with my oldest, mm-hmm. he'll be four in August. It's been a process of like co-regulating. Yeah. So, you know, seeing what is best for him mm-hmm. and also letting him respond and letting him give me feedback. Yep. And so when we were looking for schools here, I narrowed it down to ones that I felt would really work for him. And then I just let him kind of respond to that environment as a generator. Mm -hmm. It's all about Mm -hmm. responding. Yeah. But, you know, are your boys really being recognized for their brilliance? Is Mm -hmm. their brilliance being pulled out of them? Like those Mm -hmm. are things that can really help you know if they're in the right environment. Yeah. And I will say like when we, yeah, we had narrowed it down to kind of three different places we were looking at going and it was really helpful to be able to lean into, right? Like what feels good for you? What do you want to do? And ultimately as parents, we're making the decision, but when we've narrowed it down to three places we feel good about and like, you know, we're really confident in it is really validating for them to be able to take their opinion and let it matter. Right. Yeah. And be a part of it. Yeah. So if we're talking about healing in relationships to our work, healing our bodies, relationships um, with other people, how can human design serve as a tool in that healing? Like what's a good jumping off point? It's such a powerful tool to number one, like we talked about, like making space to work with your energy and just feel more resourced to show Mm -hmm. up in your life Mm -hmm. for all the things that are pulling on you. And that serves as a conduit for healing to happen. Mm-hmm. Because if you are not feeling resource, then no healing is happening for you and you're not facilitating healing for those around you, you know? Yeah. And the other, the other aspect of human design that I think is really healing is just confirmation of this uniqueness and it sparks curiosity. Mm-hmm. Right. It takes the personal out of interactions. And all of a sudden you have a different lens where you're like, Oh, there's something happening for that person that I am not experiencing. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm choosing to believe it's not about me because yeah. 99.9% of the time it's not about you. Right. Yeah. And so I think human design is just such a great reminder that we're all so unique and how important it is for us to know ourselves and for others to know themselves and to really encourage that. I mean, I think that's why all of my clients end up, you know, giving me all their kids charts and their partners charts and their employees charts. And because ultimately they're realizing, oh my gosh, like I am resourcing myself and I feel so much better. And whoa, what would be possible if the people in my life are resourcing themselves too? And even though you, you can't make those choices for them, you can curate the environment, mm-hmm. right? Like totally. if your husband is not taking care of himself, you can curate the environment and you can nudge and you can 
give permission and, you know, whatever the things are that can support that natural inertia Mm -hmm. of wanting to take care of himself Mm -hmm. to actually happen. Well, I think that's something, yeah, that that is really kind of coming up for me so much right now too, as I I just opened the doors to um, my new program, The Rich Marriage. And that's the thing, right, is the program is for women, but obviously it's about really that holistic approach to entrepreneurship and thriving in your marriage. And I think that's the element is that you can make changes and you can make shifts that cannot not impact what's going on Absolutely. at home. Like that's the beautiful thing about human design, about the work I'm doing. It's, it yeah. doesn't require immediate buy-in from everyone in your home to have immediate impact in a really positive and transformative way. And I think it's just such a beautiful opening. And the thing about human design with that is that it's ironically, right, by categorizing yourself into the constructs of human design and how it's laid out, it really does celebrate your uniqueness because the yeah. categories are not prescriptive. They are more operative. It's about how yeah. you operate best. And it's just so beautiful the way it opens up then for so much more of you to come through in a way that yes. is really good. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. So if listeners want to get connected with you or see how they can work with you, can you let us know what you got, what you have open right now, what you're offering and how they can find you? Yes, for sure. My favorite program is the human design immersion. And that is a three month program with me where we go one by one. We go one on one through your chart and through resourcing you and really putting all of those pieces that we talked about, right? Like the home life, the work life, everything all together. I also have Better Human, which is a three day mini course intro. So for someone who has never, never even looked up their chart, doesn't know what anything means, it's a really great starting place. I go through, it's three one hour courses or one hour classes, and it just takes you into every single type. So I find it really helpful. Like for me, I had to fish around to find, okay, like I want to know more about generators or MGs or you're looking in all these different places. Mm-hmm. I tried to just bring everything under one umbrella for somebody yeah. who wants to understand the big picture. And like I said, I'll give you a code to put in the show notes for people to get that for free. Awesome. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to do it yet. Oh, that'll be so good. And then really the best places to find me are Instagram, Andrea Wardberg, all one word. And LinkedIn is also great. Same Andrea Wardberg. Um, and I know I gave you those links. So perfect. And those will be in the show notes. Yeah. And for anyone who's listening, who's just like, what do you think about this? DM me, send me a message. I would love to workshop whatever, whatever's going on. She is a fountain of information about this. We have looked at my chart a couple of times and it's just really fascinating. Even just to learn little tidbits, um, is really powerful how each of those small segments of that chart have so much meaning and so much impact in our lives. So thank yeah, you so much so for spending the time with me this morning. Oh, I loved yeah. getting to dive into this conversation. Of course, we could talk about human design for days, yeah, um, but I think this is a really <laughs> uh, great opportunity for someone who is newer to human design to be able to kind of dive in and access it. And so, yeah, we'll include Andrea's links in the show notes so that you can get connected with her. And yeah, thank you, Andrea, for joining us. Yay. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of Healing Around the Table. If you enjoyed the episode, I'd love for you to share your takeaways and tag me on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. 
connect with me on social media or head to my website, www.coachwithtiff.com for more information on my current offers.